This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Now, a special presentation, reaction and analysis of the debate from the Blaze Radio Network. Doc Thompson along with Skip Lacombe and Jay Severin joining us for our post-debate recap analysis and basic jackassery. Because there's going to be a whole lot of giving people the business here, too. Because it's difficult for me to actually watch these debates when I realize how silly and nonsensical so much of it is. There's some good stuff, some good substance. You learn some things about some of the candidates, and a lot of it is just the same old talking points from the same old people saying things that deserve to be ripped on. Uh, We're not going to have as much time as maybe we'd like, but, uh, of course, we'll cover as much as we can tonight. And then Skip and I will continue our coverage tomorrow morning. And, Jay Severn, I'm I'm assuming that you will continue your coverage on your show tomorrow as well. I will as well, me dear mite. How are you? Doing well, sir. Happy to have you with us. Um, Let's dive into it and get to uh, big winners and big losers. Who do you see as the, uh, the big winners in tonight's debate, Jay Severn? Well, just in the event, and I know, you know, we we learn one thing when we start in journalism, never bury your lead, right, guys? But at the risk of burying our lead, ought we mention in the first, maybe devote the first 30 seconds or a minute to the, the small kids table debate? Or just ignore that for now. No, I think we'll ignore it for now and then get to that a little, <laughs> no, little bit later. No, I know, on. I know, I know. It'll never be mentioned again. I understand. You know, I was just putting in a word for the midgets. I you know. understand. Yeah, we'll get to them as well. Uh, the big winner, they're, they're, my answer, guys, is that we, we will, can and will, go down the checklist in front of us. But sure. the real question tonight was, you know, who are the biggest winners and losers potentially going in? And obviously, the leader, Trump, had the most mm-hmm. to gain or lose by virtue of protecting his leadership status. Uh, Carson probably had the most to gain or lose by virtue of the fact that he's surging and challenging. And then mm-hmm. the third category was everyone who's on the bubble, because it really is Trump, Carson, at least before tonight, guys, it was Trump, Carson, and then Bush. everyone else had 5%, you know, yeah. or 6%. So the question then becomes, and and we'll get to this. Who in that Walker, Kasich, Christie, Huckabee, Cruz, Paul, Rubio, uh, you know, bubble uh, advance themselves or are going to go live and share an apartment with Rick Perry? And and of course, <laughs> I, I suppose I ought to mention Jeb Exile Bush Island. because since he was already coronated, you know, about six months ago, you kind of have to say, OK, Jeb Bush had a lot to win or lose tonight, too. Right. Uh, I'm going, um, and, and I asked the question on Twitter as well, and if you'd like to follow us, it's at Doc Thompson Show, at Skip Lacombe, or at J underscore Severn. Um, what people thought biggest winners and losers. And right off, I think the person who had to make a move, did make the move, and came across very, very well tonight, Carly Fiorina. Um, she came across well. My prediction in the next few weeks is things shake out. A couple of people join the uh, the Big Brother house that right now just has Rick Perry um, <laughs> will uh, will is Carly Fiorina. I think she hit it out of the park. She came across uh, really strong, passionate. She knew the material. Uh, second, I say Marco Rubio. It's not going to do him enough good because he's still so far down. But uh, he did much better. And then maybe Ben Carson continued to to expose himself to some more people. And I think everybody would like to be exposed to Ben Carson, wouldn't they? I think so. Absolutely. Ben, wake up. 
Ben, Ben, wake up. They're talking to you. Ben, wake up. Okay. Well, and that's the thing about Ben Carson, too, is all throughout tonight's debate, too, even while he was speaking, when he was not speaking, I was like, you know, I really like Ben Carson. There's just, there's just something he's and that's missing. What he there's needed. an edge factor. There's an X factor, a passion, a... Uh, just something else there that is, is missing in Ben Carson. But, yeah, I do think he did a really you good job. You know what the X Factor, Skipper, you know what the X Factor is? What's that? We all love him, but none of us who love him would want to be in the front seat of a car he was driving. <laughs> because I think he has narcolepsy. I mean, it's okay when you're with someone and they bat their eyes. Or maybe you're at the end of a long day and, you know, people have had meetings and you've been flying to four different cities. Mm -hmm. People mm -hmm. get tired. They, they close their eyes for just a second. But there is a human condition. There's a human uh, compass we all have that tells us when one hundredth of a second too long, someone's eyes are closed. The difference between batting your eyes uh, and having and narcolepsy right. or being <laughs> suspected of it. And, 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 and I suspect... I, I admire everything there is to admire about Ben Carson, although I do suspect him of narcolepsy, and I think it shows almost every time he speaks. It's like, dude, okay, just if you just opened your eyes just a hundredth of a second sooner, I'd be okay. But I don't want to be the passenger in the car you're driving. Biggest losers tonight. I got John Kasich as um, a poor performance, but also he's been surging and doing well. Uh, maybe not surging, but climbing anyways by comparison from really out of nowhere most people had no idea who john Kasich was the governor of what state when he first uh, announced but uh tonight he came across poorly both in content and delivery and jay i think john uh, Kasich may be done for one comment when he basically supported the iran deal i think it's over i don't know how you win the base with that well, if I if I might cheat a little bit and come back with you yeah. at your comments on Carly, um, yeah. uh, Skip and you and I sat here the moments after the first debate and at the kids table debate uh, or referring to it, we all agreed. Remember, yeah. we all said yep. the story the is Carly yep. and it catapulted her uh, into her performance, catapulted her into the grown ups table tonight there's no question about that but as to her performance i want to disagree with you slightly on the performance end she was brilliant although and i just float this i mean as a guy who yeah. spent his life running campaigns and training candidates to appear in these things i thought she was so perfect that she was a bit robotic she was so well prepared that she crammed so much information into you know these little packages of time that she seemed a little bit automatic and robotic though she was brilliant i'm not saying she wasn't brilliant but at the end of the day you know i think carly fiorina is on the same sliding scale as ted cruz who uh full disclosure is my guy i'm for right. ted cruz mm -hmm. but i watched tonight and i said as i tweeted because I, I as you guys did i tweeted live this coverage of the campaign and i said it kills me to admit this, kills me yeah. to admit this, yep. but my guy, Ted Cruz, I think is too professorial. He doesn't seem to have that human connection bit that other people have. And he's the smartest guy on the stage, but what does it matter you know, if you lack the connection? And my, exactly. my criticism of Carly is I thought she was a bit programmed. I'll give you, I'll give you that. There were there were moments, especially when she first started, that um, I, I was I'm like, oh, yeah, I was yeah. wondering if she was going to get it done.
But then she got real passionate a couple of times and, and, and really yeah. went after it. And, and that's when yeah. I thought she really started hitting it out. But that's, that's also very similar to Trump or, or to uh, Cruz. Cruz is also one of the few people that I would at this point support. I mean, he's, he's been one of the guys all along that I said, wow, that I think could be the guy. Um, I think his problem. And by the he, way, his, yeah. his, his saving grace, you guys, is that the way these things work, as you know, is that, you know, and, it, and there's no shame in this, as mm-hmm. people come and go, and people do come and go so quickly here, like mm-hmm. Alice through the looking glass, uh, as people come and go, people inherit their votes. And as all these six percenters start to go, where, where do going? their votes go? Right. And Ted Cruz, at least there's a very strong argument for this, that Ted Cruz is in a position to inherit an awful lot of the votes of those five and six percenters Absolutely. that exit stage left. I think well, I- what I'd like to see from Cruz, and if I was working for Cruz, this is what I would tell him. Ted, speak faster. When he gets passionate and speaks quickly, where he's rolling, because he's smart, he comes across very well. But when yes. he's thinking about what he's, he sounds like he's, he's almost sermonizing. Sermonizing, yeah. That's he's sermonizing. And well, the and thing is... Like, yeah, go, go ahead, ahead go Skipper. Ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, I mean, in terms of, I mean, as people are going to start bowing out and those 5% are going to have to be moving around, I mean, what indication do we have that they're not just going to go to Trump? I mean, I wouldn't have thought he'd continue to have support at these numbers after the first debate or after this one. But, I mean, based off of the past couple of months, I mean, what what do you have to suggest that it wouldn't just go to the front runner? Some likely would, some wouldn't. But the point yeah. is, if, if Cruz can pick up some of them, then he's in a position, and that's all it is. Well, you know, once you're the second, third people down, you're just waiting for your for your opportunity. It's like a horse race, you know. You don't necessarily have to be first. You just have to wait for your opportunity to surge, surge at the right time. And often the people that come out early are not the people in it at the end. I, I, I guess my One point being is One of the most yet, important – sorry. I, I was going to say, I mean, my point being is that, well, that is absolutely true. I don't see what – what is it going to take for Trump to step in it? How can Trump at this point step in it? I would have thought at this point some of the things that he has said or been brash about would have done that to an extent. Well, there it is. I, I think Skip just hit on, on the, the quintessential point, and that is what is Donald Trump's red kryptonite if it exists? If I recall correctly, green made him act weird, but red could kill him. Am I right on this? Or mm-hmm. do I recall incorrectly? Uh, I don't is remember which red? is which. All right. So let's assume for the moment, for sake of argument, that it's the red kryptonite that kills Superman that's fatal. Whatever it is. <laughs> what's, what's Trump's red kryptonite? What's his kryptonite? And I have argued, uh, well, a good friend of mine, Guru Jay. Holy cow, perhaps you know him. Uh, uh, Guru Jay has argued for a long time that there obviously are conditions that ruin everybody. What are the conditions that ruin Trump? And Guru Jay has argued for some time that the two most likely red kryptonites for Trump are, one, the morning he wakes up, and has been humbled or shamed or bettered or humiliated, you know, in his own mind as well as in public opinion. The second one, uh, maybe these are in reverse order of priority, the second one is when the morning comes when he wakes up and he's in second or third place in a poll. We don't know. You know, there are front runners in life, and Trump has never been other than a front runner in this campaign. What happens to his ego when he wakes up one morning mm. in third place, uh, I think uh, conscious the, the 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 consciousness of the or the uh, 
the the true thoughts and feelings of American voters, I thought I think also could be his kryptonite. In other words, are you really prepared to vote for this guy? Because he's a circus and he's fun, and you like some of the stuff he's saying. But are you really going to vote for this guy? I think there's a lot to be said for that. Mm. And right now, they know it's early. They can toy with this. They like the fact that he's sticking it to the people in D.C. and whatnot. But as you can see, a few more people drop out. Let's say you get it down to four or five, and you got a a Donald Trump and you got a Ted Cruz, and you're saying, you know, who who do I really trust? Maybe that's it. Can I ask a procedure question of Skip and you? Just yeah. before it floats off into the mm-hmm. you know stratosphere forever, what did you think of this as a debate? And let me hang it out there. Let me do it, uh, Halderman. No one listening is old enough. They're all dead. They don't remember this. But Halderman in the Nixon White House when Nixon said, "Ah, oh, see, you mean like a hangout?" And uh, Ehrlichman said, oh, "A modified hangout." And Ehrlichman said, "No, a limited modified hangout." Okay. So my limited modified hangout is this. Uh, I, I think that it, it, it may be that some people are dead, of course, without knowing it. And I think that, 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 that Trump may be floating on numbers that are not real. And I think somehow we all kind of suspect that. Yeah, now we could be wrong and we could be sitting here six months from now going, damn, this guy's the nominee. But... You're right. I, I you speculate of some of those numbers debate. are fluff. My real question was, mm-hmm. what do you think of this as a debate? What did Skip and, and Doc, what did you think of this as an event, a public, you know, a what do, civic What do you mean, the format maximus? of it or just overall yeah, no, no, the mean, circus? As a historic event okay. uh, compared to other debates, political debates you have witnessed, what, what did you think of this one? How do you judge I would it? say... Uh, a little embarrassing if you if you put it on the in on the historical stage next to some others. I mean it it is because it has become Kardashian esque silliness, and that's kind of yeah. sad. Although I'm so frustrated with what's going on, I like the circus atmosphere a little bit too. So a little embarrassing. Skip, what historically did you think? Speaking. What what grade do you give it among um, other debates you recall? I, I mean, I think it's—I think it's frankly, like Doc said, kind of embarrassing. I think people are going to look back at this debate in 50 years and see what was happening with—I uh, mean—Christians being crucified all across the country, people getting their heads cut off, everything that's going on. And I mean, the first 20 minutes was devoted to, "Hey, Donald Trump's in the election. What do you guys think about this?" <laughs> all right, we'll get a quick break in. We'll come back with more post GOP debate coverage on this The Blaze Radio Network. Reaction and analysis of the GOP debate. From the Blaze Radio Network. Doc Thompson along with Skip Lacombe and Jay Severin with our post-GOP debate coverage. And Jay, one of my big frustrations is there are so many things you could discuss or ask candidates about. I would love to have, you know, four hours or three hours or whatever, any time whatsoever to sit down and hammer these people with questions. Because I'd get some really good answers on some things that are really important. 
And instead, although we get if these... it were now, if yeah. it were right now, you'd have a bigger story because I'd blow my brains out here on the air. <laughs> <laughs> no, but as, as I'm listening and I'm watching this, Jay, they keep bringing up not just the candidates, but even the moderators keep bringing up crap that doesn't matter. Uh, by the way, I had a hashtag Reagan count. And just for the second debate, the primetime debate, I'm sure I missed some. And Reagan was either re- referenced in name or in, you know, uh, substance Reference, 23 right. times. Oh, I had I tweeted during my show today. My over yeah. under was 20. Yeah, 20, 23 and 9-11 nine times. I mean, George Pataki in the first one, I mean, it was it, it, Matter of minutes, and he was like, you know, I was governor during 9-11. And then during the second one, here comes Chris Christie. You know, my wife was at the World Trade Center. So I'm going to base my foreign policy oh, on man. my wife being at the foreign tra- at the, at the, uh, federal, at the World Trade Center. Yeah, I'm telling you, if you're George Pataki, once you said, I was once governor of New York, <laughs> and then all you can say is, did you hear me? I was once governor of New York. No, seriously, I really was. By the way, that was also 14 <laughs> Hello, years ago. Yeah. Over here. <laughs> Look, I have pictures right here. Look, let me show you. Here I am at the Statue of Liberty. Here I am since in Albany. You, since you and Skip insist on bringing up the dead man walking debate, yes. uh, the early kids' table debate, uh, 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 Ty and I were talking about this during the break, and we share the same impression. I thought, again, just within the context of the four-man Right. Walking loser, dead man debate, the early debate, just within that context. I thought Lindsey Graham killed. He, I, I predicted on the show that he was going to try to steer it toward foreign policy, which is where his expertise uh, mm-hmm. lay. And he did. And he killed. He killed. I don't think there's any doubt that that I, I'm sorry. I mean, I shouldn't say it that way, but mm-hmm. I, I just I just felt strongly that and I'm no I'm no fan of Linda Graham, believe me. But mm-hmm. um, I was I was waiting. I predicted today he would have a moment where he'd say, "Well, golly, I had as many girlfriend as Barack." Seriously, uh, I really I, did. I think he killed. Yeah, I uh, I don't think I, there's any doubt. He was uh, actually really solid. I mean, if you know the content and you know his history, what he supported, what he hasn't, there's some fails there. But you're right. He killed in the debate. By the way, time wise of the four. Lindsey Graham got almost 20 minutes to Rick Santorum's 15 and a half to Bobby Jindal's wow. 13 to Pataki's 11. He had twice wow. the airtime that uh, Pataki had. And I would say, yeah, you're right. He knows his expertise is foreign policy. He's going to steer it to that as or, or lavish song and dance numbers. One of those two. And uh, <laughs> he, he, it was either that or the recreation of Oklahoma live on the stage. Since we're not going to talk about Oklahoma, y'all, I'm going to go ahead and talk about foreign policy and killing ISIL. The management of a large family at home was clearly not going to be his expertise. Right, right. I mean, it was either going to be killing ISIL or killing him on stage in my rendition of Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. How do you guys think... How do you guys think Trump came out of this, you know, considering how he went in and, you know, the position he had to protect? I think he uh, basically held his own. There was no disaster. Um, His typical nuttiness uh, had some good lines, wasn't as fun. 
if he loses any ground, it'll be very little. I think nothing changes for him at this point. I think Ben Carson goes up just a little bit. Carly Fiorina within a month goes up to a top five spot. Um, and I think Kasich drops significantly in the coming weeks. Yeah, I think you're right to all those points now. On, um, I mean, back to the kids' debate. Do you think that what Lindsey Graham's, I mean, crushing it or killing it, as Jay said, is that going to have any effect on his polls? No, no, none, none. Those, it, it's dead men walking. All four of those expect. Uh, Lindsey may hang in there longer, but those four are all done relatively soon. I think it's a possibility that it could, especially the way they're playing with these numbers, it's a possibility that this could catapult him in into a table seat, you know, at the next big boys debate. Especially but if a couple others drop out. I don't out, know. Maybe. I just don't know if enough people cared about the four-person debate at 6 o'clock this time. Okay, see, and I, Skip I, and I... I think you're right. It may be dead men walking, no matter Skip how Skip and I do. have an interesting take on that, Okay. In, in, you know, years gone by, it was the primetime debate. That's the big moneymaker for people because right. that's when there's more viewers. But in today's world, I'm not sure people view quite the same way. It's those clips on YouTube or, you know, that, that are available true anytime. Enough. And yeah, they got so much airtime because there was only four of them. So, you know, I, I'd almost, I don't know if I'm quite there, but arguably rather be at that first one. If no, you can I, make I, some. I, I think I absolutely would have to go and get that much time on stage because you are in this YouTube type world well, where saying the right point. thing with the clip can go viral. I really think that, that CNN point. should have taken a, a four people out of the 11 person debate, put them back on with, with the four and the others at eight and then six in the second one. It makes more sense Although, if we've given everybody more time. Although, bear in mind, to the degree, let's let's play that point out, to the mm -hmm. degree that he goes viral or semi-viral on some of his stuff. You mean like on I'm the not internet, referring right? to his private. I'm not referring to his private <laughs> life now. If he goes semi-viral uh, uh, with any of these uh, clips, don't forget a lot of uh, certain kinds of voters may find that appealing. I mean, uh -huh. millennials. But sure. when you talk about the demographic slice of people who vote in Republican uh, uh, primaries, I mean, let's let's face it: the They're most, the most, the most really sort of touchy. I was embarrassed. I crawled up into a ball. I think it was Trump. Who else? Who said? Who reminded uh, Lindsey? No, it wasn't. It was sorry. Obviously, different debate. But someone reminded Lindsey Graham that in his own state. <laughs> He was like losing to, you know, Pee <laughs> Herman or Mickey Mouse. And if you're the if you're the sitting senator in your own state and you can't break five percent, it does uh, kind of, you know, put a hitch in your giddy up. Yeah, it's interesting though to think about those debates in the future like this, Jay. I think it's gonna have you're right, especially with the GOP debate, the uh most of the, the voters in a Democrat in a Republican primary are going to probably be older. They're going to be primetime traditional television watchers. But moving forward in the future, you're going to see some of that change. Um, one of the things what that... What about uh, Carson? What about Carson? Uh, did he... I think he did well. He moves up just a little bit, just by virtue that um, he came across as that nice guy. And I think people yeah, are going to look... he got time. He got time, and he's going to be That's seen right. as the, yeah. the alternative to Donald Trump at this smart, you know, not brash. I think people will like that. Do they count only when he's awake? I mean, when when he's sleeping, do they? they are there demer is there demerit? <laughs> you know, what about came Walker? Because one oh, of the biggest phenomena here, I think he is did Walker better, but from still enough, not good. You know, an absolute contender to like whom? 
Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not going to be enough. I think he did better in this debate than the first, but it's not going to move the needle. But, Jay, one of the things I found interesting, a topic that kept coming up, is something that we haven't heard probably for 20 years as a political debate issue. It's whose finger do you want on that button? Yes. And I was and two I, others. Yeah. And two others I would submit to you. What's Never that? in my lifetime, in our lifetimes, uh, sorry to suck you into my yeah, yeah. decrepit yeah. generation by including you here, uh, but never in our lifetimes has any argument within the circle of Republican slash conservative voters, a debate, whatever, not considered the two principal questions. One, I am more conservative than thou. You are not a real conservative. Two, I have experience. You don't. In this debate, consider, in this debate this evening, the if you weighted, you know, the issues, the time, the significance, the question of how conservative you are or how authentically conservative you are, which is it. It's the bulwark of the soul of Republican primaries mm-hmm. traditionally for 150 years. And how much experience do you have? The answer was we don't need no stinking experience. We don't need no stinking conservative credentials. And that's the first time in our lifetimes that the two things that people, all these other people on the stage, worked all their lives to build that resume so they could say that someday matter. on a stage. And the voters are saying, so what? Yep. No, Jay, you're absolutely right. They've, they've turned because they're tired of it. And, I, and what got them there is the people who go to D.C., not actually acting on them. So they're they're starving for something else to the point that we have Donald Trump as the front runner at this point. Which is incredible. That's I mean, that's the whole game right there. So whose I, finger do you want on that button? It is. Here's how incredible it is. I've met no I mean I have, but I'm trying to put this the right way without overplaying it or underplaying it. I have actually been I've actually attended by invitation uh, before they not like before they called the police or anything. I have attended by invitation social events at which Donald Trump was a guest or a host. I actually have spoken with him. I actually have met him. Now, there's something very wrong with that, folks. You know, I I mean, I'm very grateful for the Donald Trump effect on this election. But the fact that Jay Severin has met and socialized with a prospective president ought to trouble you greatly. <laughs> it, would tr- it troubles me. Um, they, they asked the question about who you want on the $10 bill, which, you know, some of these other questions like that are, are interesting. But maybe after you talk about some other important things like, Oh, uh, I don't know, ISIS, stuff like this, the economy. The economy, right. there wasn't a whole lot on the economy tonight. Um, and they just kept going back to the same thing. The Reagan and 9-11. Jay, have, have you ever seen the Family Guy, ep- Guy episode where uh, his wife is running for office? I think it's mayor. And she she can't figure out how to connect with people during a debate on stage. And the dog gives her some advice. Have you ever heard, heard that? I have. I must listen. Admit, listen carefully to this. Not. This is her on stage debating, and she gets some I advice. I don't understand these people. He didn't even say anything, and they're eating it up. Lois, undecided voters are the biggest idiots on the planet. Try giving short, simple answers. 
Sir, your question, please. Mrs. Griffin, what do you plan to do about crime in our city? A lot. <laughs> because that's what Jesus wants. 9-11 was bad. <laughs> I agree with that. I can't believe how easy this is. Mrs. Griffin, what are your plans for cleaning up our environment? 9-11. <laughs> Mrs. Griffin, what about our traffic problem? Nine. Huh? Eleven. Hey, that's, that's basically what we had tonight. <laughs> well, <clears throat> I don't know. I, I think headline out of this has to be that, you know, Donald Trump, and I find it as, I mean, as incredulous as Skip and you are, that at this point in any measurable campaign, that the Donald is, you know, at least entering tonight, was in first place. I don't see that whatever happened, I, who knows? You know, we'll see tomorrow morning and within the next 48 hours. But <clears throat> I don't think he hurt himself, do you? No, not at all. No. Nope, he held his own. That's about where he is. Um, and, and at this point, you can only either wait for him to self-destruct or people to say that they're not uh, not going to support Donald Trump. They've... They've seen the light, and they want somebody they can trust. I think that's that's all you have at this point. Is it worth mentioning that we're, we all expect a fair rendering? And tonight, CNN, who hate all Republicans, you know, and they're the favorite outcome of CNN and their moderators tonight would be that that uh, Reagan plane would explode and kill all the Republicans. <laughs> you know, this is what they would like. And... Uh, and, and that didn't happen. But all of the moderators are very left wing. And that includes and very few people know this unless they listen to him. I, I don't. But I have over a lifetime listened to him. And as you guys probably have Hugh Hewitt, the only public person, Hugh Hewitt, radio host, nationally syndicated. The only person, <clears throat> pardon me, we know of to have intentionally tried to trip up Donald Trump so far by asking him questions. You know, who, who's the leader of the Quds Force? Right. You know, who's the leader of Al Qaeda in Yemen? Which heads on the Pez dispensers sold most last year, <laughs> you know, in Ohio? Asking him these, these questions was Hugh Hewitt. I mean, he wasn't exactly a pro-Trump guy, so he was facing a fairly, not a friendly group in any case. Well, and much like the Fox debate, the whole thing was Donald Trump versus everybody else on stage, and the first dozen questions are all, so-and-so, what do you think of Donald Trump? I mean, that's the, the he, yeah. he was he was the debate question. Instead of saying, hey, what do you think of ISIS or the economy, it's, hey, what do you think of Donald Trump? It also, a, yeah, go ahead. Well, go ahead, sorry. Let me let me Jay, let me get to a quick call here too. Broadway Studio Line triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Yeah, to Florida now. Let's go to Caleb. Hey Caleb, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Good, good. Any observations hey, on the debate tonight? Yeah. Um, so I, I wanted to echo something that uh, Jay you said at the very beginning, which had to do with Cruz and Fiorina both sounding really, really scripted. And I said I was saying the exact same thing to my mom, who I was watching the debate with, and I said I said they're just. They're so good. They're almost. They're almost. It's almost like they're reading the teleprompter, and so. And you said on your Twitter, you said something about him being too professorial, and 
it's true. I mean, the, the best teachers are not uh, necessarily the smartest people, but the people who can speak to you the best way. And in terms of a communicative standpoint, you know, you right. got Ben Carson did well, Marco Rubio did well, Rand Paul to some extent did well. But, you know, and that's what frustrates me about Donald Trump is he's not, not only is he not talking with any sort of, it's like listening to a speaking spell. It's like, what word is he going to say next? But he also has no <laughs> knowledge of any real, he has no substance to what he says, and he doesn't say it well. So it's like, it's, it's ridiculous, and it frustrates me so much. And I think questions like the $10 bill and medical marijuana and climate change are the reason why he's winning when you have ISIS and Planned Parenthood decapitating people. That's a good point, uh, If I may, Thanks so much I for think the call, one buddy. of the illustrations of this absurdity, or a lot of us think it's so, is that you, you've got, on the one hand, Donald Trump, and that's it, the res ipso loquitur. I don't need to say anything else. You've got Donald Trump. On the other hand, it is a nearly irrefutable fact that if Donald Trump were not in this race, would illegal immigration be on the docket? No, absolutely he's right. not. He's absolutely he's right, right about isn't that. He? Yep. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, you may like that or not like that, but I happen to think, you know, it's an agenda worthy item. And the Trump effect, I'm not for Trump, I'm for Ted Cruz, but the, the Trump effect certainly includes, doesn't it, the fact that but for, for, for Trump, illegal immigration would not be on the agenda. You know, Jay, let me get uh, let me talk Ty here a second too. Ty, um, the spin of the dials radio style in New York for us today. Uh, what were your your overall thoughts on the the debate? Did you watch both of them? Yes, I did. All right, what are your overall thoughts? So who's a big winner? Big losers? Graham won big because he dominated that first one, and the other guys should just quit today. They should quit tonight. It's over for them. <laughs> <laughs> and in the bigger one, I'm a little. Maybe my expectations were too high for Walker going into the first debate, and I kind of thought he underwhelmed. Right. I think he's finished. And do you, th- you think he did a poor performance tonight? I think he just he doesn't stand out. I don't remember anything that he said that was impressive. While I can kind of pick something from pretty much everybody else that I was like, hey, that, even well, except for Kasich, but that kind of said something I agreed with at some point or was that stood out. Walker to me was just there. It's kind of like remembering you know, one the, of those high school uh, electives you took, and you're like, oh, yeah, I took foods. Oh, yeah, Walker's on stage. <laughs> yeah, he right? just didn't do any. Like, I don't like Christie, for example, but Christie, I thought his performance compared to the first debate was pretty good. I thought he stood out at times. I didn't agree with him, but I remember it. Yeah, I, I'll say that's probably pretty accurate as well. Um, we had, one uh, of the some, original yeah, advertising geniuses was David Ogilvy of the firm Ogilvy and Mather, not to get too inside baseball, but um, he said he boiled down all of his experience in advertising to say this, you must have a USP, a unique selling proposal. And, and, and I'm with Ty. What is Walker's unique, not appealing, but unique selling proposal? He ain't got one. Wow, you got me there, Jay, because I was uh, trying to come up with one. And uh, no, I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, he... almost everyone has some kind of brand, trademark, stylistic <laughs> something. <laughs> but you know, there are a few guys that just ain't got no USP. You know, if they found if they found a dead body in the trunk of his car, it would be good for him. <laughs> 
<laughs> really? What would actually? You'd be like, damn, now I can identify there, with him. There is he USB. He killed somebody. That, that's it. <laughs> there <Wow>. is USB. <laughs> right. All right, I do have to say, I think the biggest unsung hero tonight in, in both debates, and I think this is without question. The Thank you very much. Hero Thank you. Thank you very much. It's not Jay Severin. It's Chris oh, Christie's oh, okay. podium. I think that's the... <laughs> wow. A fat joke. Listen, do you want his chocolatey, gravy-covered fingers on the button, Skip? Ew. All right. Can that's you imagine that perspiration output? <laughs> we'll continue this nonsense in the morning. Then Jay Severin will have more on his show tomorrow as well on the Blaze Radio Network. In the meantime, make sure to follow at Doc Thompson Show, at Skip Lacombe, at Jay underscore Severin, and at Ty Johnson News. You get all of us. All right. Hang in there. Talk to you tomorrow morning right here on the Blaze Radio guys. To reactions and analysis of the GOP debate. The Blaze Radio Network.